This is your go-to podcast for the breaking news across the NFL. While breaking down how this might affect your fantasy team's success. Are you ready to be a champ? Then welcome to Fields of Fantasy. And welcome to the Fields of Fantasy podcast. It's your boys, Ed and Tom, who are back for another deep dive into one of our 32 NFL teams. We progress to the NFC South, who I think the term dumpster fire was invented <laughs> for. Uh, there are four teams who I am not very high on at all next season. Uh, and we're going to start off with one of them uh, who, I mean, there's been a bit of hype about the Atlanta Falcons, but I still think they're going to struggle in a very weak division. You've done the research into the Falcons, Tom. What are your thoughts? I mean, as you say, the division's a little, uh, very open, isn't it? Um, That's it, a very, very kind way of yeah, describing yeah. it, yeah. Um, they do have some talented players, some real talent there. It just depends how it comes together. It, Arthur Smith, I think, is the problem, really. You, you're right, there is talent there. And I think, well, what, what, what do you think? The Desmond Ridder, is he the answer at quarterback? No, and I think that's also partial your issue. So, so let's start off with Desmond Ridder, shall we? Yeah. So after being drafted 74th overall in the third round last year, uh, Ridder had some quite questionable capital going to year one. But the Falcons seem keen to give him a chance after only adding Taylor Heineke during free agency. He's got some decent weapons available, but really it's on him and he has to take that step forward as a passer after last year throwing 12 interceptions during his four starts. He's basically going free in drafts at 230, QB 29 overall, but there's a reason for it. Smith is reluctant to throw the ball and with the acquisition of Bijan, you've got to assume that they're just going to double down on that tactic. For me, I would avoid him unless you're talking late in a Superflex draft. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I would describe Ridder as almost irrelevant in the fantasy world. I mean, in Superflex leagues, you, you'll see him getting drafted maybe as like a third quarterback for teams. But, but beyond that, I, I just don't see how he fits into a fantasy team at all. As you've said, Bijan is going to take a lot of uh, reps and, and I, I just don't know who... Uh, who Ridder throws to, to be honest. Uh, are we going to talk about Heineke or Franks, or did you want to move on to uh, the just other? Just move on, really. Move on, yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. Uh, running yeah, backs? I, I do think Ridder will start, and I think he'll get a good amount of the season. I don't think they'll switch to Heineke anytime soon. Unless he has an absolute yeah, disaster. Yeah, it's got to be horrendous, horrendous for him to go. But they've gone all in on, on Ridder, haven't yeah, they? So they've they're got to stick be, with They're going to be running the ball, aren't they? Uh, so, what did you want to talk about the man Bijan, or did you want to stick with wide we'll receivers? We'll go wide receivers. Wide right? receivers. Safety. So, we start with Drake London? Yes, and really, he is the main one to talk about. London performed admirably in his rookie season, particularly considering the quarterback play from Mariota, and then obviously the 12 interceptions, uh, Ridder didn't have a phenomenal start. Last year, he put up 866 yards on 72 receptions, scoring four touchdowns. So as we've said before, really, you're looking for your rookie wide receivers to surpass 500 plus yards. Sure, his box score wasn't always a monster. But the thing for me is that he's shown that he is capable, even with that horrendous quarterback play. However, there is the caveat of the target volume. You know, as a rookie, London commanded a truly elite 29.4% target share. That was the fifth highest target share in the entire NFL. If Ridder can improve of a passer... London is a fantastic pickup as an ADP of 54. But for me, you know, I think he's a little bit early in redraft. Yeah, he's someone who I think is talented. I think, he, as you said, he, well, his ADP is going about wide receiver 23, which to me seems about right. He's not a wide receiver one, but he should be a wide receiver two. 
it all depends a lot like some of the other teams we've talked about on on Ridder. Ridder is that unknown quantity, isn't he? So we just don't know what he's going to what he's going to produce. So what's coming behind Drake London? Very little really. Um so Mac Hollins is about it. So Hollins signed a one-year deal after after leaving the Raiders at 690 yards last year, 57 receptions and four snutch depth. and four touchdowns i can't see him really doing anything more than a wide receiver three i know he had a couple of spike weeks last year if you look at his stats for the raiders but with you know the uncertainty at quarterback there's just not a lot else in terms of wide receivers yeah i mean he's got great hair matt collins but that's about it i think he's uh he's one of those uh one of those players who is not really being picked up in many leagues Again, he, if you're desperate, he might be someone you pick up on waivers if he develops later in the season. But I don't really think he's going to get the workload to deserve uh, meriting a pick at any point. Do we move to? We've mentioned him already, or do you, no? Let, let's let's now. He's a fascinating character, and he's quite. I think he's quite a divisive or a divisive character, and that's tight end Kyle Pitts. So I know you're not massively high on Kyle Pitts. See, I was, and I like Pitts a lot, but he's got, I mean, surely he's the dis- biggest disappointment in our time in fantasy, wouldn't you say? Undoubtedly. I, I, and he's going as tight end five. Still, still, still. still. That's why I'm out on him. You know, if he was late, if he was in your mix of tight end streamers, I'd be all about him. But at the minute, he's just not done it. And the hype was unbelievable. I mean, you were hearing like full industry paid experts who were, you know, sending crazy drafts to get the one-on-one and take him. And he just hasn't done it, has he? Well, he was in PPR in his first season. He was tight end six. So I think that was a decent rookie season under, that was mainly would have been under Matt Ryan, I suppose, wouldn't it? So um, agreed last season, he was a, it was a massive sophomore fail. Yeah. You know, as we know, tight end is terrible, but he obviously at his current ADP of 58, end of round four is a little bit early perhaps. Pitts' first two seasons, well, as you've already alluded to, we know in his very first season, 68 catches, 1,026 yards, an impressive rookie campaign, but no touchdowns, right? Uh, He's known for not scoring any touchdowns in the first year. He got one touchdown. One touchdown. touchdown. Yeah, that was a a receiving touchdown, yeah. Last year, 28 catches, 365 yards, two touchdowns, but that's in 10 games, out week 10 with a knee injury. My worry here, and I've I've said this already, is Arthur Smith. Falcons were 31st in pass attempts last year, you know, and with the addition of Robinson, I do not see them changing that. He's way too early. You know, if he was in that mix of streamers, if he fell to, you know, round eight, round nine, I might look at him. But for me, he's just got to be avoided at that position. Yeah, as you said, he came into the league as an absolute superstar, a bit like uh, another player we're going to talk about shortly who the Falcons have snapped up. And it just hasn't worked out so far. That doesn't mean it won't work out. I mean, I think it, it was an MCL injury that he had last season. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects him. But I just can't see him achieving in this Falcons team uh, at the moment. Um, will he be a, a top five tight end? Well, I wouldn't rule it out because tight end, uh, after those top two or three tight ends, there's so much competition. Um, but yeah, he's not someone I've taken recently after being burned I, I think previously. The, the points you're going to miss out on other players taking him so early at that point, isn't it? If you're taking him, would you say round four, didn't we? You know, it, there's so many good options available at that so, point. So would you take uh, Goddard ahead of him? Yes. Waller? Yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely Waller. Engram? No. Yeah, I think he's, uh, he's starting to get... Then you're moving into like Fryermuth and Joku who... You know, no, oh, yeah. no. But Schultz and Chit and... 
a Conquay. Yeah, you tend yeah. to look at your later ones, wouldn't you? Yeah, so I think I don't tend to get Carl Pitts anywhere because a bit like Pestle's talked about his tight end strategy. Mine is 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 to you know pick up a couple of late on like Chig or yeah. someone like yeah. that. So I've alluded to him a couple of times. <laughs> Let's move on to the big man, the, the superstar of the draft, I suppose, uh, Bijan. I thought we'd have heard enough about him, really. Yeah. So Robinson enters the NFL as the highest regarded prospect since Saquon Barkley. And, you know, people are arguing, arguing even an even more complete back. He joins a fantastic opportunity in Arthur Smith's run-first offense. So last year, the Falcons ran the ball the second most overexpected in neutral situation, and they earned Pro Football Focus' highest team rushing grade. Clearly, after drafting an RB of Bijan's talents, they're going to stick to the run. You know, it all indicates him having a monster first season. So the question is, should you draft him? He's going incredibly early in redraft, incredibly early. You know, and we've already discussed the risk of that on another show. You know, in Dynasty, I would say he's the clear 101 even in Superflex formats. But redraft, I don't know. I have got him in a couple of leagues, but not many. Yeah, I mean, his ADP is 8.6, which is absolutely incredible for a, a rookie running back. And so the only players that are going ahead of him are Jefferson, CMC, Chase, Eckler, Kelsey, Cup, Hill, and then you've got Bijan. Above Diggs, above Barkley, CD Lamb, AJ Brown, JT. I mean, it's phenomenal. And I have not got him in any leagues. I won't get him in any leagues because I've just... I think I'm naturally quite a cautious person. And, yeah. and to me, there's, you know, it doesn't matter how good he's been at college, it's a different prospect in the NFL. Although, having said that, I'm sure he will be a superstar. It's the perfect fit for him to have that huge season. So, so we'll wait and see. And, and uh, you know, I imagine those who have picked him up probably will be rewarded. Does he have much competition at running back? Really, only backup uh, is Tyler Algier. You know, had a decent season last year, but obviously his fancy outlook is going to take a huge hit with the signing of Robinson. Uh, he's likely to stick around. I wouldn't have thought, you know, they, they're going to have to protect Robinson at points, aren't they? They're not going to want to run him totally into the ground. Uh, and he did well, you know, Algier really deserves it. He achieved top 10 RB ranking in three of his last four games and averaged just under 100 yards per game uh, every week after week 13. You know, if you are taking Robinson at his current ADP, you must take Algier at his ADP of 130 as the handcuff. And actually, you know, I think as around 10 punt, he offers some sneaky value there. Any kind of injury to Robinson, you know, and he should be in for a huge workload. Yeah, I mean, Algier sneakily had a really, really yeah, successful yeah, yeah, rookie yeah. season. I mean, yeah. He finished the year as PFF's number one graded rookie running back. That was ahead of... Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall. So I feel a bit for Algier because you almost feel like he he earned another shot at at being RB1 with the Falcons. But undoubtedly, they've invested everything in in Bijan and he's going to have to play backup. But as we've said, they're a run-first offence, so I still think he's going to get plenty of chances. And and I agree there's value in that round 10 pickup. So... That, that's the Falcons done. Are you? Um, we discussed earlier. I've seen a bit of hype about the Falcons that that they, you know, they might be uh, trading towards a kind of eight nine win season. Uh, what what do you think? I mean, it's a pretty open division, isn't it? Really? Yeah, they're all. If crap. you look at it, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you I know. think the books uh, we'll come on to in a future show are awful. Uh, Panthers, similar Saints. Yeah, it, it's a. It, I think they could all have losing records. Derek Carr is the best quarterback in the division, yeah? <laughs> I will leave, yeah, it. I'll leave yeah. it on that depressing thought for NFC South fans. So, yeah, another team in the books in our deep dives. That's the Falcons done. Next show, we'll move on to look at another NFC South team. So, as always, it's time. Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed. 
of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.